Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode number 214. Neil and I are already... Just two fourteen? Is that right? Two fourteen, exactly. Neil and I are already rolling in rolling in laughter, and we haven't even started yet for all the wrong reasons. I'll tell you too. Yes, indeed. So, t- so today's guest actually, Neil. Well, of course, you can reach us normal spots. Uh, Punk till I die seventy seven at Gmail. Punk till I die Facebook group. If you want to get on the fun, get on the David Crosby bashing going on over there. Right now. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> two weeks from now, nobody will remember what we're talking about. But our, our actually, Neil, our guests tonight have kind of a strange backstory with us at least right definitely and it's actually probably heather wheaton to thank for this right well i gotta say i kind of underestimated the power of heather she really is uh the power of heather well a she has like her own uh you know she has her own fans no question about it sort of like a musician in that right yeah and uh so she came on of course and gave her year-end list and high on her year-end list was the Spot McCracken record, right? The solo album. Yes, indeed it was. Yep. Or maybe, and maybe the McCracken live album too. I can't remember if that was. No, it was just a Spot one, I think. I think she had it at number okay. three or something like that. I think. And we right? and if and Neil and I did what we usually do, which was we were really glib and just like ah, we never really listened to him. Yeah, I think of, I was worse and, than that too. Did we? Yeah, we, we might have been. Neil might have been mean, you know. <laughs> that's what. That's what I do. I'm English. I'm from Liverpool. He's the queen of me. And. So it's funny. So what happens? What is the power of Heather? She makes bitter enemies into friends. Actually, we were never bitter enemies. We really we didn't. I just we didn't know their music that much. But I'm really actually very happy that we're now able to connect with a couple of guys from the McCrackens, Neil. Indeed. We have so we have we have Spot Spot McCracken, the drummer. Oh so uh, yeah. There you go. How, you doing, yeah. How you doing, Spot or Scott, as Heather likes to call you? <laughs> I'm doing great, Tim. <laughs> there you go. He's there you right go. In. Turn him out his fair play. Excellent. It's Tim and Tim and Noel. Is that oh, it? Yeah, no exactly. So Jesus. <laughs> and and we also have like the, their newest member, which I actually we'll get into the kind of their history, both their histories here in a minute. We have AC McCracken. Hey guys, how's it going? Good man. Are you doing good. all right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Doing good. So doing are you good. guys? You guys both in like western western part of Canada then? Yes. So we're we're based out of Vancouver. Um, okay. I live in the I live in the city, and Spot lives in the suburbs. Mm. And how so about, you're like, how about the third? So member? you're like third member. <laughs> there's fourth. There's uh, fourth. There's four. Oh, members. there's four. four yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry yes. about that. So Bill lives in the suburbs as well, and then Phil he lives in the city with me. In this similar not together, area. not together. not as a not as a couple. They don't have a punk house. <laughs> On the same house. The McCracken's house. house. I mean, how could you not have a film of crack? I mean, like, (laughs) oh god. I mean, you'd have to. You'd have to. So, so Spot, you were you were saying earlier before we started, you've been in the band a long time, actually. So, what's your what's your history with the (laughs) with the McCrackens? Very very fucking long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I I uh, joined the band uh, probably. Right after the first album came out, because uh, their drummer, uh, who was Tommy McCracken, who, who, was, the, who uh, was a chicken, yeah, and then he he was also in a band called Gob. I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember Gob. So and he's playing in Sum Forty One now, and uh, wow, so okay. so yeah, I think he joined Sum Forty One. I don't know, like eight years ago, something like that. Basically. I mean, I'm not, I'm not into some 41 at all, yeah. but man, they're pretty big. At least they were for a minute. 
I think they still are. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he joined Sum 41 in 2006 when Brown Sound quit. Hmm. Oh, okay. So it's the thing, the thing with some, the thing with some 41 is I know they're big, but like, so I'm almost 50 and it just, that was like where my cutoff was, what I considered was punk and not punk. Like some 41 didn't make the cut for whatever reason. And I don't, I don't like have anything against them. It just never, it never, I never got into it, but anyway, good luck for him. I mean, that's cool. Cool gig. I'm sure. I'm sure he's doing very yeah, well. So, so. so yeah, I've been in the band, I think 27 years, something like that. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I thought about it like uh, a little while ago. I was like, "Holy shit, I've been in this band a long time." <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and Bill and I, Bill and I were actually in a band before the McCrackens for like three years. I was gonna say because based on the kind of age you guys are, you it probably wasn't your first band, right? No. Um So, real quick before I before we get into your strange origins of the band itself. Um, AC, when did you jump aboard? And it was it just because they were they wanted somebody else to come in and do some heavy lifting because they were getting old, or what was the what was the situation there? <laughs> well, originally I joined in 2008. I'd known the guys forever, um, and I was brought in to do a European tour, and um, the European tour ended up falling through. But I stuck around with the band and kind of took over for doing promotion and stuff like that, and working on new songs with them. Okay, so you kind of gave him the jolt in the arm to kind of yeah push, he's, push him forward. If, yeah, if it wasn't AC, a lot of the uh, stuff in the last few years probably wouldn't have happened. Well, it's it's funny. So okay, so let's get into. It's, so Spot, you you've been there a long time. You haven't been there quite from the beginning. But what was the? So you guys have played in bands before. So when they decided to put the McCrackens together and kind of. The music isn't gimmicky, but the the band has sort of a gimmick to it. What yeah, was the, a shtick, yeah, yeah, sort of a shtick. What was the uh, was it just to stand out, or what was the? Do you know what the thinking was when they put things together originally? Well, uh, a this is the first time I, I've I've heard that we uh, are a shtick. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it a shtick because that's a, that's a gimmick. How's that? Like in wrestling it, terms, it would be a gimmick. Yeah, there, gimmick. there you go, you gimmick. Gimmick. I've never heard that brought up yeah. in the 27 years i've been in this band <laughs> well, i'm glad we could do something new question. for you <laughs> this is a, this is a this is breaking news so yeah yeah <laughs> well, call I, that, but, uh, I, but honestly i don't know the backstory that's why i'm i'm not i'm not I, i'm you're yeah. sick of rehashing it but i actually don't know something to do with okay. no, so, so i joined uh i mean the, the story is uh we were Born from a, a nuclear accident in uh, in the barnyard, mm. and uh, and then basically Bill and Phil uh, they you know from humans uh, they went to eggs, mm. and then and then Tommy was the chicken. So when I when I joined um, uh, the first first few gigs I did, uh, I wasn't. Um, any kind of character, except I was called Scoliosis McCracken for a few gigs. <laughs> you have a bad spine. Well, I wore this uh, nylon my head, a nylon on my head, stuffed with uh, newspaper, so it looked like I had like this massive cone head. But that, that, that didn't really work so well. So and then so Bill said, "Well, you've got to be a character," and I, my, you know, it took me about two seconds to answer him. I said, okay, well, Peter Chris was a cat, so I'll just be a dog. And that was it. 
but ah, it's for for years people are like what the fuck this doesn't make any sense two eggs and a dog but that's really the truth behind it Did, so didn't didn't johnny cash have a song you know about that egg sucking dog <laughs> yes he did yes he did so at any point did you guys get get tired of it and want to jack it in or is it something that everybody loves and you just love to go with it we we did do uh i think in 2005 we kind of took a break for a couple of years and then uh we did a quasi i guess you could say reunion show and we actually did that show sans makeup mm-hmm. and so we and then it was a good show but it was kind of it just didn't really seem the same so we put the makeup back on. I think we also did, yeah, we did another show with Teenage Bottle Rocket that year as well. And uh, and I think we did one other show in the UK with no makeup because uh, the club, there was a big mistake with uh, the booking and they actually didn't know we were coming to the venue. <laughs> and so, so we got there and nobody, nobody, uh, nobody was there. And uh, long story short, the, the pub owner came down and opened it up. And then there was like 10 people there. So we're like, oh, fuck, let's not even bother putting the makeup on. <laughs> and then some guy showed up. He's like so pissed off that we didn't have the makeup on. He thought you were McCracken's cover band or something. Exactly. Maybe the steamer <laughs> trunks didn't arrive on time. <laughs> <laughs> so so when you decided to take your character, AC, what was uh, – so you got off kind of easy, right? Because you, you got like the suicidal, the eggicidal hat. And what's what's the backstory behind your character? Well, the backstory of the McCrackens, what I remember as a fan originally, was that Tommy McCracken flew the coop, and they had to get the barnyard dog on drums. That's what I remember. <laughs> so many Jeez. dad jokes there. So many dads. He's younger than me, so he's got a better memory. It's yeah. like a dad joke explanation, though. I love it. I think yeah, you're I've cracking up, dog, my friend. You've got dogmentia. <laughs> <laughs> So, so when you, I, what was your, uh, when you decided to do your character, you like three uh, I, quarters Mike Muir, one quarter KFC, or what's the, what's the situation? <laughs> Colonel Sanders. It, it, <laughs> it, comes, it comes down to, I think, um, you know, I was a McCracken's fan originally. So when I was, I went out to the farm to try to discover what was going on and uh, ran into some nuclear waste. And I didn't fully transform. So I was part human and part egg more than they, Phil and Bill are where they're 100% egg with human qualities. So I kind of had, I kind of have my... Your bandmate's even laughing at you, laughing at the backstory. I think this is the first time Spots heard some of this. (laughs) He's sticking to the story hard. So so I'm I'm 50-50 human, 50% egg. So I have the egg-acidal hat. Um, I don't need to look like an egg necessarily. I can wear jeans and a jean jacket. There you go. So just so of people, uh, listeners don't know, they you guys dress up on stage and have makeup and stuff, right? Correct. It's more than that. It's like prosthetics, right? It's got to be uh, the the egg guys. The main, the Phil and Bill had to be wearing some sort of a prosthetic, I would think, or a. Well, they they have a an egg head, a nuclear <laughs> reaction. I've been they're, accused of that, Neil. <laughs> yes, yeah, you do have an egg head, actually, Tom. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot a lot of people. So there's a lot of people that um, kind of a. Uh, a lot of bald dudes out there that can feel for the guys. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah, you're Guilty. talking to one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Let's play a song. What's what's the earliest track you chose tonight? Why don't we play the earliest one, even if it was – so some of these are going to be pre, pre-UAC, but I'm going to let you pick them anyway since you sent me the songs. Um, I believe it's Shut Your Mouth off of the Stupid album. 
And when would what? this have been? Like ninety? Oh no! What's isn't there something off the first album? No, there's we like to make records. Life, hey Mikey. Uh, okay. Which is, yeah. So shut your mouth would be the second record. Stupid. Okay. So what's what's the what's the deal behind this one, Spot? Since you were there. Uh, that album actually. Uh, so I joined did a rash of shows with them, and then uh, and then they actually already had that record recorded. Ah, uh, okay. With, so that's that's the other guy. With Tommy, but then Bill wanted to redo the entire album, so we actually re-recorded the entire album again. Like and, everybody, not not just you, the entire band. Yeah, like, yeah. He he wanted to redo the whole thing. Oh no, okay. even though. Yeah, so it was completely done when I joined, and then he, Bill gave me the, uh, uh, the songs, and then I learned them in about two weeks, and then I banged off all the drum tracks in I think a day, maybe two days at the most, and uh, and then it got put out, put out on Lance Rock Records in Canada, and then Rock and Roll Inc. in uh, Spain. Hmm. So what's the uh, what's this song about? Don't push me away. Um, there you go. Uh, probably some kind of love song. I don't know. Bill wrote it, so I'm not no, really sure. it, It's Shut Your Mouth. Yeah, Shut Your Mouth. Oh. <laughs> well, it's probably it's, yeah, okay. That's a weird name. That's a weird name for a love song, but hey, whatever. I'm not here to judge. <laughs> <laughs> you can see I'm paying attention closely. Yeah, he's the drummer, damn it. He's on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. It's All right, cool. let's listen to the first one from the McCrackens tonight. Let's <laughs> just Shut Your Mouth. Shut your mouth right now. I'm talking to you. Original from the McCraggans tonight. That was uh, called "Shut Your Mouth" from 1995. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And you said it was your second album, but according to Discogs, anyway, it says like the first album was just a cassette. Is that correct? Yeah. Technically, the Eggs in Space was the very first thing. That was just like a self-released mm-hmm. tape. And then what came first actually was like 
the real, you know, sort of big original album that uh, came out on uh, uh, Shredder Records. Oh, that's interesting because, yeah, this is typical Discogs. They've got uh, four albums all coming out in the same year, so they're kind of out yeah. of order. Okay. Oh, we actually uh, recorded all in the same year. Oh, you did? Oh, shit. Wow. We, we put all four albums in one year. How about that, Sam? <clears throat> they, they recorded four albums in one year. That's about as much as Social D has done in their entire career. How about yeah, that? exactly. I <laughs> don't know what that says. There so it's go. it's it's funny because I, I I was aware of you guys. I mean, I, I, I was aware of the band. But back in the mid-'90s when I was going to just shows, you know, multiple shows a week, we we tended to be kind of short-sighted because we had so much good music coming to us that the bands I tended to get into were the bands I had access to to see live, you know. And I never saw you guys live, and I think that was part of the reason I just never uh, got into you, even though you were definitely in the same vein as a lot of stuff I was definitely big into in that era. So your touring of the States is pretty sporadic, and there's a pretty, like, awful reason for that right you want to you want to tell that story spot i'm not i don't know all yeah. the details but i know a little bit about it yeah so we had uh we had a, a full u.s tour booked uh in 95 okay. and uh and we were f- gonna finish it off playing at cbgb's in new york nice and um we got uh i think it was four four shows, five shows into the tour. And we just played uh, in Colorado and Denver. And, um, and we were touring with the white trash debutantes. Oh yeah. I remember and, them. And their drummer uh, was sick. And so uh, the, I think, it, yeah, he was in the hospital. And then, um, so I, pl- I actually played that show. So I was super bagged uh, the next day. And then one of the white tra- trash debutantes backup singers came with us um, in our van. And, uh, and then, so she offered to drive. And um, so we're just going along the highway. You know, I think we're doing like 65 miles an hour or something like that. And then all of a sudden we hear this big bang. And it was the, uh, the back uh, tire blew. Hmm. And then it kind of started fishtailing. And they were all kind of going, whoa, shit. And then... And then we did like, no joke, we did like a full 360 on the highway. And, and it was just like, like, it was like in slow motion. Like we did this 360 and, sure. and everybody, and everybody at the same time was going, Whoa, shit. <laughs> and, uh, and then she almost got control of the, of the, of the van again. Cause we were like, we were doing like 65, right? So, so did you have a tra- you have a trailer or just the van? We just had the van and then we had like this partitioned, it was like a like a late seventies, early eighties kind gotcha. of like long long uh, Chevy van or something. Classic like that classic child molester style van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With so, a bunch of guys so, dressed yeah. like eggs in the back. Great. Love to see your officer selling <laughs> fake speakers. Yeah. And uh, so so uh, yeah, so we we do this. We do a three sixty, and then she almost gains control, and then and then it was kind of like in this desert part of uh, Colorado like almost like a, a, like a plane area. And then we hit this uh, berm that was on, on the side of the highway. And then we rolled like three times and then we landed on our wheels. And I remember when we were rolling, I had my eyes open and I, I could see like fiberglass roof cracking. There was dirt flying in. And I was just going, holy shit, this is mental. And so, uh, nobody's and, wearing seatbelts, right? So you guys were just like, like no, just we actually all were. 
They all were oh, wearing seatbelts. Unfortunately, I, the only one who wasn't wearing a seatbelt was uh, uh, Phil's brother Bill, who was roadieing for us, mm-hmm. and we, we grabbed onto him so he didn't go flying. And uh, and then so we landed on our on on the wheels. Was it like one first. complete spin or like multiple? Oh, we did we did like so we did a three sixty on the highway, and then we, when we hit the berm, we flipped van flipped like three times that's amazing though that it landed on its wheels right what are the eyes it was it's crazy so it landed on its wheels and and it was just like dead silent like nobody said anything and i was just sitting there going holy fuck and then uh and then i think phil turned around and he was sitting in the front and then he's like is everybody okay and we're like yeah it's everybody kind of chimes in like i think so (laughs) and then we're just holy fuck that was mental and then this guy came running up to the van it was a trucker that was behind us and uh all the windows were shattered pretty much and uh he's like holy shit are you guys okay we're like we're like i think so and he goes holy crap he goes i thought you guys were dead for sure and then he helped us out of the van because the frame was so bent there's actually a, a ute on uh, uh our youtube channel um there's a video of of, uh, of us going around the van showing the the aftermath of it hmm. and uh yeah, the frame was totally bent to shit. And then we got stuck in uh, um, uh, Kit Carson County, this little little uh, town in uh, Colorado, for like two days. And then we had to get a, a U-Haul and then drive. We had to cancel the tour because the van was a complete write-off and we didn't have enough cash to like rent something for the rest of the tour. So uh, we got a three-seat U-Haul and the four of us uh, drove back to Vancouver uh, sort of shocked and, and dismayed. <laughs> it's amazing that you guys, that there was, nobody got hurt. Yeah, nobody I mean, that's, yeah, well, all, huh? It's almost miraculous, right? Yeah, well, we, the only the only injuries we sustained was, uh, uh, my I think my hi-hat stand uh, vaulted forward and smacked Bill in the, in the, in the hand mm. and it jarred his finger back. Mm. And then uh, Phil got a, a cooler that, that was loose in the van and it hit him straight in the forehead somehow. Oh, huh. And he had like this triangle mark on his forehead. And then, uh, Bill, his brother, uh, had a bunch of bruising from us, like bear hugging him. So he didn't go flying around the van. But <laughs> other than that, we were just kind of like, you know, your guitars and amps and all that still survive. Uh, yeah, th- we had like, we had a partition in the back that was like, um, sort of like cordoned off pretty much. So, yeah. All the gear and all the merchandise was in the back. And it, what was funny was after, after we got out of the van, like the back doors blew open. So there was like seven inches and like CDs and like LPs, like strewn, strewn all around the back door of the van. Ugh. And then, uh, and then, so we were all like lighting cigarettes and we're like, Ugh. and picking up the vinyl. We're like, oh, this one's okay. And we're like wiping them off. And- <laughs> so if anybody, anybody did mail order back then, they may have got like some, you know, leaves or dodge- something dodgy uh lps with like colorado sand or something on it that's one of a kind right there collector's item these days put on I'm, I'm still i'm still shipping some of those seven inches i every now and then i find some of the first ones <laughs> and there's, there's still dirt in them so wow there you go yeah order those well i guess we should listen to that song then huh we better yeah so this song was obviously inspired by the incident it was yeah bill uh bill wrote that uh for the short and sweet album of all about the uh, all about the incident. All right, so this is uh, Colorado, it, DJ. Colorado Van Crash. 
McCracken's there with Colorado Van Crash. That's an incredible story, man. That none of you guys were hurt. That's crazy. Yeah, we were, yeah. We were very, uh, very fortunate. So, so you, you hear a lot of bands sometimes getting, uh, you know, losing a band member. You know, exploding hearts. Right? You know? Yeah, like, exploding hearts lost pretty much the entire yeah. band. Yeah, yeah, very sad. So was it was it was that summer or winter? Uh. When was that again? I think it was, yeah, I think it was the summertime, like August or something like that, if I remember correctly. And did, and, and did that put you guys off touring in a van again for a while? Did you not want to do it for a while, or was it, you didn't have any of that kind uh, of worry? Yeah, we, we did get offered a tour to, uh, uh, in the States with Sham 69. Uh, that for, I can't remember why we didn't do it, but because uh, they were old geezers on... and it was 25 years ago, they're still playing. Right? <laughs> well, it probably, it, probably, it probably wasn't even the real Sham 69. That's one of those bands where there's oh. like two completely separate Sham 69s <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, tour, yeah. so it's pretty weird. There's Sham 69 yeah. and Sham Sham 69. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, but I, that's actually the only time we played in the states, if you can believe that. So, so that's interesting because you know, so this was you were just getting started at that point, and the, the you know a lot of the bands were just starting to take root that were playing a similar style of pop punk at that time. Um, but that radically changed the trajectory of your band. So after that, you kind of decided to go a different direction. Well, what do you mean different direction? Like, well, uh, you kind of like just kind of gave up on the States or. Yeah. I don't know why we never did actually go back to the States. It might've been just like, you know, the, we didn't get, you know, like, Offers. Okay. I mean, we didn't really try that hard, you know. When I but I assume that ninety-five, it. that ninety-five tour with the White Trash debutantes, that was mostly a DIY kind of thing. You could have done something probably similar to that. I mean, I'm sure you made no money, but you could have, you know, yeah, played was, a lot of shows. Yeah, it was put together by this a woman named Tammy. I think she was from New York. Okay. Who, who actually actually put that tour together, and then. Uh, yeah, and then we did Europe, I think, in, what was it, 96 or 97. Uh, did toured Europe for, uh, I think it was three weeks that we did in Europe. And uh, did like nine countries, I think. Hmm. So it's put- funny because, so you guys almost have a bigger, I mean, like you're, you have a better, bigger audience almost in Europe than in the States. Yeah, and I think it's because we toured there, you know, we toured there in, uh, in 96, and then we toured there again in 2007. And uh, and we've had a lot of releases out in Europe as well for the years. We've got a lot so of releases, we, period. Honestly, you guys put a lot of stuff. Yeah, what was one of the things we were reading? That that thing that AC sent us the other day? Did it say you have like 300 releases, not releases, but 300 tracks on vinyl or something like that? It was cra- it was crazy. Whatever whatever that said, it was mental. Hmm. I miss that. But there's actually, what's pretty funny about the band is like during the time in the nineties, it was almost like every maximum rock and roll had an ad for new McCracken's release. <laughs> Seven inch or something. And yeah. Yeah. And it kind of how labels would reach out to bill about putting something out and bill would just write a song. Um, there's actually a song called fork. And that is based on a review of a guy saying that there's almost nothing that the McCracken's will ever write. Like the McCracken's could write about anything. They could even write about a fork. <laughs> And Bill read that review and then wrote the song Fork, and that came out on the next seven inch. <laughs> Isn't that mental though? The way it, it's it's funny, right? Because that seems like the way the way it used to be. Everything everything's slowed down to a crawl now 
but but yeah, back in the '90s, man, the the golden era of pop punk. Like I said, kind of I kind of cut off that line. Like like when, by the time Blink One Eighty Two came along, I was kind of over it, you know. But that golden era of like late '90s punk, mid '90s punk, there was so much, so many records. I, I sometimes cry about the fact that how many records I could have bought off a of merch deal for two or three dollars that are now thirty five dollar seven inches, yeah. you know, if not yeah. more. Yeah. Well. And even that release that Colorado Van Crash came out, out on, that short and sweet album, I think the original idea of that was Bill was said, I wanted to write an album in 48 hours and write the music for it. Just to challenge himself. Just to challenge himself. And, and then COVID hit and our new record. So we have a new record. It's been in the pressing plants since last February. Oh, Jesus. So you're um, about a year. That's about right. We're about a year. Um, we're, are the ETA on us receiving it is the end of March. Hmm. So most likely it will come out in May is what we're thinking. But the concept of this record was Bill came to us during COVID and said, I want to write another record like Short and Sweet in like 48 hours. I'll write the music and then everyone would record it at home and send it to him. Um, so we all said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And it was like 18 hours later, Bill sends us an email being like, yeah, I got the album finished. It's insane. So um, like our new record, the initial stuff was Bill wrote the, the ideas of it in 18 hours. And then we all recorded at home and uh, sent that to our producer, Todd Stephenson. And he's the one that worked on mixing it. Well, there you go. So re- recorded in 18 hours and it's going to take 18 months to come out. So that's, that's yeah, well, fucking the, COVID. The, concept, the concept of the songs took 18 hours to write. Right, right. Uh, it's a 12, 12, 12 track record. The recording due to having to send tracks back and forth took a lot longer than a normal recording would do. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah and, then, well, and then the album almost was lost. Don't forget that. <laughs> Somebody pushed the wrong button on the computer or what? So McCracken, no, McCracken's records are recorded on about a 20 year old Macintosh computer. (laughs) And (laughs) during this recording process, uh, the original died and um, multiple other 20 year old Macs were purchased to kind of make a Frankenstein (laughs) to save this recording. These these weird guys dress like eggs keep coming into the Goodwill looking for, <laughs> looking for computers. I think, well, I think it was like what was it four or five Max that he Bill uh, uh, Todd had to get um, to uh, basically he had, he had to take the hard drive out of the old Mac and then put it in one. Then he, one had like that he got off eBay or something. He got it, and then the motherboard flaked out on it, and then another one. There was some other issue, and then finally, I think it was the fourth or fifth one that he got, where he put the the, the hard drive in, and then it, it worked as it as it should. See, it's a, so, it's, yeah, a, it's a shame you guys didn't know me because that's what I've been yeah, doing for a living it. since since eighty eight. Yeah. I've been doing that for a living. So, well, now we know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Thanks yeah. for nothing. <laughs> Neil's not afraid of a little hide, side hustle. Well, no, I, and, and you know what? You know what? You're kind of lucky it was a 20-year-old Mac because if you're doing it on a new one, there's no taking a hard drive out of a modern Mac. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Things are sold it onto the motherboard. So but too, we bad we don't have a song, too bad we don't have a song from that. Well, but we, I bet you we don't. We no. do. 
we do, Annabelle will be the song off the new record. Oh, is that is that right? Is there one? It is. So so what happened is we submitted the record to pressing in February. Um, got the plates cut, sent it to the pressing plant. Decided that hey, it will probably be out in November of this year. So let's kind of mm. factor in some singles to come out. Um, so we did uh, "Wake Up the Fun," which is the title track of the record. We did that on the fourth of July. Wow. Fun up. <laughs> seven months. Yeah, ago, six months wake ago. the fun. Yeah, wake the fun up. Um, and then we set up a lathe um, seven-inch record for Lamp for September. Mm. So we did uh, 50 units of a lathe cut, and there's a really good Johnny Thunders cover on that. Mm. Which which song? Um, Can't put your arms around a memory. Beautiful. Ah. Yep. But it's ironic because that actually was not on the LAMF record, right? It it wasn't, but the concept of the cover. Yeah, we saw. I, I like, saw it. I, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so it was more of the concept of the cover. Is the song "Lamp" was like LAMF, so we did that, and we did a, a thirty second song is also on there, mm-hmm. and then we set up Annabelle, which um, for release on Halloween. Is it about and, that creepy doll? Yeah. It, it is, yeah. Oh, cool. And so that, that's straight from hell. I'm sorry, say again. It's a porcelain and straight from hell. Annabelle. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, Annabelle was our third single, and now we're going to hold off on singles until we actually can get our record. That's the way it is, right? Like with all this pre-order stuff, you know, Neil, I know, ordered pre-order record like 18 months ago, and it finally shipped. It's like, might as well wait a little bit for those pre-orders until you see a bill shipping or something. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly it's like our our test pressings were approved in july so like we've heard the record pressed it's just a matter of the production getting done cool well i'll tell you what neil let's listen to annabelle this is about a doll that doesn't have three vibrating orifices like most of our listeners enjoy <laughs> oh, this is just a regular what? porcelain doll like, are you drinking over there <laughs> actually i am but i'm only on my first drink because i i just poured one but i, I bet you it's got like five shots of vodka in it so maybe you'll notice by the end there you go. what are you drinking over there ac i see you drinking something i got uh some vodka type drinks here so oh gotcha it's right. in a can so yeah. okay ac tasty tasty spot what, what about you spot you drink it out of the you drink it out of the dirty water bowl <laughs> i'm drinking uh red truck uh lager ah who makes that not familiar uh, I think it's Red, Red Truck. Truck Beer. Yeah, Red Truck, Truck Beer. Oh, okay, all right. Forget that. Never heard of it, Red but Truck. okay. I'm sure it's hey, fine. Everybody's got good regional beers now, you know? It's not like the old days. I'm drinking Lone Star, Tom, because remember you talking about that from Ooh, when you were down in not, Texas? I said good regional beers, Neil. <laughs> oh, Lone Star's fine. It's, 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 it's not. It's it, PBR for Texas. I mean, it's well, fine. Well, I, that's I what I was going to say. Yeah, you, should, you shouldn't be complaining about that, Mr. PBR. Yeah, well, whatever. Professor when in PBR. Rome. Yes. Anyway, let's PBR. let's listen right. let's listen to this song about the dirty doll or whatever the hell you just said. Uh, <laughs> Annabelle, the scary yeah. doll. Yes, Annabelle. Let's go.
that was Annabelle off uh, the new McCracken's record, which you might be able to hear in when, March? Uh, May. May, okay. Hopefully. May 2023? May 2024, maybe, by the way it's going. So it's funny, you know, we were making a joke about PBR. So obviously you go to a a punk show in the U.S., everybody's drinking PBR, 90% of the people. What is that in Canada? Like if I go to a show in London or Ontario or London or like Toronto or something, they still drink a PBR or is there like a Canadian equivalent? No, it's PBR. Is it? I thought everyone drank Molson up there, Molson Golden or whatever. In Vancouver, the cheapest beer at one of our few venues is PBR. Well, there you go. Cheapest is best. So you don't have many venues in in Vancouver? Vancouver is kind of uh, like the San Francisco of Canada. Um, So a lot of the venues, um, especially with COVID, a lot of the venues have closed down. Hmm. Um, Real estate's extremely expensive. So um, what was actually really cool is there's a venue called the Cobalt Motor Inn, and that was the old punk bar back in the day. Hmm. And uh, it, it closed, and then some new owners moved in, and then the building got condemned due to earthquake safety. And... Um, they ended up, uh, new owners actually upgraded the building, so that bar just opened up again. So now we have, like, a 250-capacity venue. Hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, it's funny, because yeah. Vancouver has a rich hist- a rich punk history. I mean, they might not have a ton of bands, but there was a lot of notable bands from there, right? I mean, uh, sure. DO- DOA, SNFU. Humans. Well, S- yeah, SNFU is from Edmonton, but they, oh, when they Edmonton. reformed, they were based out of Vancouver. So the uh, epitaph years and stuff, it was all out of Vancouver. Diggle Abortions, probably the greatest Canadian band of all time after Rush. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah. AC and I were for SNFU, and AC and I were in a band, how many years? Three, four years all together? Five right. years, maybe? Five years, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. What was, what was we in that a, band? in a band called The Retreads, and okay. we, we played uh, in parallel for a few years, uh, when the McCrackens were going strong in the late nineties. And then, um, and then we reformed again in 2003 or four and we opened for SNFU on their, was a reunion show they did. There's the reunion show. Yeah. That was a crazy show. It was like huh. the most packed I've ever seen that club. So was it like, like with the, some of the original guys, I wonder, cause there was basically two versions of that band, right? There was like the eighties version and the nineties version. There was yeah the eighties version and um and then the epitaph years where it was like three original members it was always oh, was the it that bass- many? okay yeah it was always the bass player and drummer that got switched out oh um, okay and so we so the- were on the reunion where it was Chai and it was um, Mark Belkey only one of the guitar playing brothers but okay the original guitar playing show, brothers yeah so this reunion show the venue maybe holds two fifty. Maybe. And there was probably about 450 people oh, nice in there. And, nice and comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't even get it to the bar wild. to get your freaking PBR, Neil. Oh, yeah. I remember walking up to with my guitar and to the microphone, and um, the toilets had overflown, and there was like, <laughs> about two inches of water on the ground. <laughs> That's a punk venue. And I remember singing the first part. And then going back to play guitar and throwing up in my mouth and having to swallow it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was so gross, but it was a it was a really good show. And um, 
it was awesome to see SNFU back because I, I would say that's one of their better records uh, in the meantime and in between time. Oh, yeah. Great yeah, record. All their records were, were really pretty good. They, they never made a terrible record. Do you see them, Tom? They, I saw them, yeah, in the 90s. I saw them in the FTF era. I saw them in 86. Okay, yeah. nice. I, I would say that their last record was not that great. I, I, I think you're right, but wasn't that kind of just thrown together? Uh, it was just chai, and it was like, yeah, it wasn't, um, it was kind of thrown together. Yeah, it wasn't as great as SNFU once was. Now, I did see that lineup at Punk Rock Bowling, and it was the first time seeing SNFU with that lineup, and they did put on a stellar show. Huh. R.I.P. Chai Pig. Yeah. Yeah. No, unlike I, David, unlike David Crosby, we actually miss you, Chai. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, he was he was always around Vancouver too, like yeah. every show, always saw, getting into trouble too. Yeah. Now, are, are the Black Halos from Vancouver too, or are they not from Vancouver? Yeah, they're Vancouver they're, as well. They are okay, excellent. Yeah, yeah, we're good friends with uh, Billy Hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. So they they just played at the Rickshaw, which is where PBR is the number one cheapest beer. There you go. Yeah, the new album's really good, really good. Oh, it's really good record, really yeah. good record. Um, yeah. I mean, any, I, the whole, even the stuff that like the Michael Monroe records and stuff that are being written, are quite stellar too. <laughs> with... Hmm. I'm not quite sure what that is. What do you mean? Well, they share guitar players, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rich Jones is from the Black Halos. He's in Michael Monroe's band. Okay. Or, oh, okay. That's, that's been yeah, for quite a few years. He wrote pretty much the bulk of the last Michael Monroe album. I don't know if you guys are you guys familiar with Michael Monroe. Yeah, it's funny. They just we had a brief opportunity to get him on, and I didn't get to the publicist in time. I would have liked to have him on because I kind of grew up. So I'm like I said, I'm almost fifty. I definitely grew up in like the golden era of hair metal. That was like the first music I loved, and that was when yeah. he was doing Hanoi Rocks. Even though they definitely had more of a kind of a Dolls, a little more of a punk yeah. edge than you know Motley Crue or something or Poison. For sure. Yeah. But uh, that Demolition Twenty Three record was what he was actually promoting. They yeah. re they reissued it. Oh, they yeah. only made one. They only made one record, but it was really good. Yeah, it was. That was yeah. a good record. Yeah, you know, kind of like a dead Boise kind of thing. And now my understanding is Neil Wright that Michael Monroe's doing a revived Lords of the New Church. Yeah, he sings for Lords of the New Church now. Yep, which, which is, is bizarre. Yeah, but I go. And they him. also they also remixed. Uh, they found the master tapes for Oriental Beat, Henry uh, okay. Rock's album, and they. Uh, they remixed it, um, and not remastered it, but they actually remixed the album uh, because they were they always hated the mix of it because hmm. they they went on tour and they weren't involved in the mixing at all and they came back from tour and they hated the way the record was mixed. So uh, actually, we just, we ordered that a few months ago. I think it's supposed to come in March. Hmm. Yeah, is that so? Is he now? He's like Finnish or something, right? Does he live up there by you guys? No, no, he doesn't. Uh, um, but Rich from the Halos lives in. Uh, he used to live in the UK because he played with uh, the Yo-Yos oh. for a while. Oh, the Yo-Yos were great! Holy shit! I yeah, didn't know they that. were. Yeah. Um, after he played with them, after they did that um, up, 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 up and, and down is yeah, up and down is yeah. Um, and then I believe that's where he got um hooked up when Ginger Wildheart left the band. I think that's when he joined the Michael Monroe's band. Okay, huh. that's right. Um. 
But he, um, as far as I know, Rich uh, lives in Ontario. I think he lives in London, Ontario. So he flies uh, to the UK to do that stuff. So I'm in Michigan, man. I'm really close to Ontario. I literally can get to Windsor in like three hours, just on the other side of Detroit. So, but you, but don't you know nothing about Canada from that um, episode? I mean, I've been up there a couple of times. It's, it's just I the Great know. White North, man. We don't know anything about like, it. Well, it's you know? funny. You know, I've, I've been to like a Blue Jays game. I've been to, but yeah, I, you know, I've been to Niagara Falls. But no, I I, uh, I generally try to go to a vacation where it's warmer. Yeah. I yeah. Go, the other, go the other direction. I'll tell you what. Well, not, all right, Neil, we've officially done an entire segment where we talked about everything except for <laughs> the McCracken. So why don't we play another song and see if we can get ourselves back on track here? Okay. Cool. Which one should we play, do you think? We like to make records, how's that? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, tell us about this track and what, what albums it off and stuff. Spot, that's on you. Yeah, so this was on uh, Comic Books and Bubblegum record, and uh, the song's pretty self-explanatory since we put out um, True enough. an insane, insane <laughs> amount of records. Yes. We actually like to make records. Yeah, and actually what I was talking about before, that the link that AC sent me was on an old Last FM webpage, and it does wow. in fact say... Uh, cult-like following around the world due to the pro- pro- prolific release of 13 great full-length albums, EPs, singles, and compilation CDs, all told over 100,000 in sales worldwide, and over 200 songs released over by 30 different record labels. And this, yeah, that's, and this is like 15 pro- years old, right? I think this this article. Uh, yeah, correct. So Yeah, so... Yeah, a lot of those figures have gone up. Maybe not the money or the sales, but... (laughs) Now you have a million streams on Spotify. You each got a check for a dime. Yeah. Yeah, you get some penny candy for that. But but what can we take from that? We can take from that that they like to make records, so let's listen to this song. Let's check it out. Yep. Left in my mind, never bored. Crank the phones and hit record. And I can't tell you why. Why we just can't stop the ride. And we get on a roll. We just go, go, go. We like, we like, we like. We like to make records. We like, we like, we like. We just wanna have fun. We like, we like, we like. We like to make records. A thousand songs, discography is getting long How about another split, or a brand new full-length gap When the machine starts to roll Just go, 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 we like, we like, we like We like to make records We like, we like, we like, we just wanna have fun We like, we like, we like, we like to make records We like, we like, we like, we like to make records 
That was the McCrackens with "We Like to Make Records," which indeed they do. So, what's so the deal with? Just, what's the, I'm sorry, Tom, but what does it say? What's the deal with all, all the different labels? It's it's one of those things where it's, um, when the band started out, it was labels asking them if they wanted to put something out, and Bill just saying yeah, and then making songs as people wanted to do it. Wow. Um, in the later years, like nowadays. Um, a lot of the vinyl that's coming out is other stuff that never came out on vinyl. So there's a label called Last Exit out of Germany, and they put out our um, Aiden Over Easy record, which um, was one of our more popular like later releases. That's mm. around the time I joined the band. Um, and since that time, like we really weren't all that active, and it was about um, three years before we played Punk Rock Reduno that they put the record out. Um, and they've actually gone and put out the Spot McCracken solo record. They put out um, What Came First, the very first record on vinyl. With the beautiful egg-colored egg colored vinyl, Neil. Did you see, did you get, get oh, into that yet? It's a beautiful repress. That, that one is actually on Radiation Records. Oh, that's the one. Okay. That's bad out of shell. And that album originally came out in 2006. Oh, I've got it backwards. I've got it backwards. Okay. Yeah. And so that that originally came out on 2006 on CD only in Italy. And um, the album cover, um, I'm not sure how it ended up being the way it was, but the reissue of the record is kind of what the album cover was supposed to be, the a play on Bad Out of Hell. Yep. Yeah, and that... that... That album actually, interesting uh, sidebar, is I I messaged back in the MySpace days. Uh, I messaged uh, the owner of the record company in Italy and said, "Hey, uh, I'm in the band the McCrackens, and we have this album that we just finished recording. Would you be interested in checking it out? Maybe put it out." And he goes, "Oh yeah, I've got a couple of your records." He goes, "Send it over to me." And then like two days later, he said, "Yeah, I want to put it out." And then less than a week later goes do you want to do a european tour i'm like yeah as long as it's not you know three or four guys in a shitty van kind of thing and and uh and then he books like this crazy six week uh i don't know it was like 12 country tour we did like 35 dates so it was all all from a single message i sent through myspace that all hmm. happened yes yeah, pretty suck cool it, Zuck, suck it zuckerberg we don't need you <laughs> <laughs> well it, the, it's funny you mentioned those two records because i remember you know i'm, I'm a guy who's I'm, I'm i'm i have a problem buying records i'm sure you guys are probably in the same boat i have too many i mean i literally like i don't even know what to do with them anymore <laughs> but i'm always shopping like at lunch at work what am i doing i'm online looking at record and so so the the bed out of shell record actually caught my eye the graphic of course because you know my wife's a huge meatloaf fan i might be a little bit of a closet meatloaf fan. <laughs> yeah your wife yeah. sure tom sure tom 
<laughs> but but I love the I love the art, and then and then AC sent me some other stuff, and I you know you guys have some parody art that we love making records. Neil, the cover of that is a parody of. Oh, you don't know. Don't it's know. Poison Idea. Record collectors are pretentious yeah. assholes. Oh, right, right, right. So yeah, there's yeah. lots of them like that. And obviously the bat of the shell. And I can't, off the top of my head, I'm struggling to remember the rest of them. But obviously some of the titles are puns. And so when did you guys decide to go for that? I mean, that's a, that's a, I think that's a great gimmick because I saw the cover of Bat of the Shell and I literally wanted to listen to it just because the, the cover drew me in. Well, I, I think a lot of, a lot of like the parody type covers and stuff, um, like the we like to make records was just like out of the blue back in the day, and that's before I was in the band. And I would think that like during our our uh, like downtime when we weren't really doing much, I was just trying to think up t-shirt ideas. So we oh, started like doing, yeah. So we did. We have like a scrambled t-shirt where it's like um, a Misfits ripoff. Mm. <laughs> the it's the the JFK cover, but it's a uh, egghead and it's Yoke being shot out of the back. <laughs> <laughs> so i was just doing i was just doing like some random little things and then um we we were just kind of like recording stuff here and there not really doing much and then we got the offer to go to punk rock Reduno in italy and that's kind of when we got the live record i was kind of thinking of like uh kiss alive for the album cover Yep, yep, that's yeah, yep, that's one too. I yeah. could, I, yep. So, so that was kind of like we're like, hey, we're gonna put out the live record. Um, we have the tracks, and um, the copyrights had put out their live record, and they'd used this awesome artist from Italy that I would have loved to use, but I didn't want to kind of do the same thing. Mm. So we had decided that um, that maybe we'll do like a spoof of Kiss because um, the McCrackens are kind of known as the bastard sons of Kiss and the Ramones. So um, that's where the eggs alive came from, and then it just happened that a lot of the releases that came out after then, or T-shirts, were kind of like a play on it. So it was never really something that the band focused on. But there's a lot of potential. There. There's a lot of eye-catching. Like I said, it's it, it's kind of a cool. I don't know. It's a good way to get people's attention. Exactly. Yeah, I think the bad out of shell record. Um, was probably the cover that's on the vinyl is kind of the concept that was supposed to be on the CD, whereas the CD is like an Italian fridge. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's weird. I can't even I can't even tell what that's supposed to be. It's, it's you okay. guys in a I can, remember, but I we got it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, should have went with the should have went with none more black. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I believe it's a uh, Italian fridge and a bunch of cans of sun-dried tomatoes and then the band coming out of a can. See, that's yeah. probably in Italy that's probably high art, high humor. <laughs> probably. I don't know. It was pretty awful though. Huh. Yes. I know that on that record, the title track um uh or the the track uh Summer of Life which has like that's the opener right yeah that's the opener, the opener track. yeah it, it has like 32 vocal tracks like this this album was like the pet sounds yeah i was gonna say it sounds like the, i was listening to that today actually it sounded like the beach boys yeah. that, that bit yeah yeah it was we, well, it, we were we were trying to go for like a a, uh, a pop punk uh pet sounds we like you know just like shit loads of harmonies and and whatnot that, that album's kind of polarizing to people that are into us some people totally love it, and then some people don't really like it. 
Well, it's funny because that might have been the first thing that I really remember, like, checking out. And the first song, I think, gave me the impression that you guys were a little too sunny for me. You know what I mean? And then I go <laughs> until, back until you got to rub and tug. Well, that, that's it, right? They're a fun, just like a punk rock. They're a punk rock band. But that first, like, if that's your first introduction to the band, you're going, "Wow, that's that's really really something." Yeah, you know? I was thinking. I, I actually the yeah, first few songs. But that record, was the like, record's great. Honestly, it's a great, great. Album. Yeah, it is. But it's very power. It's it's not, it's 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 almost power pop. Yeah, it's almost like the Rubenus or someone at the beginning. But it's mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, then rub and tug hits, and it's all good. <laughs> I think we spent like a year mixing that. Uh, like it, I think we did like nine or ten mixes of that until wow. we were finally out. It was, yeah, it was like a, a crazy obsessive project. So does so does Bill write all the songs? You've mentioned him a, a couple times. Does he write all all the stuff? And and if so, who writes the lyrics? Yeah, Bill. Bill pretty much writes everything. Uh, there's the odd album I've written songs for. I think. Over the years, I've you know it's been a few, few songs I've had on a few albums. I think uh, on Planet of the Eggs and a couple other albums. You know, it, it ain't over easy. I wrote a few songs on, but it's pretty much Bill all all uh, across the board. Wow, what a talent! Actually, yeah. you know what that 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 leads that could lead potentially to a good seg. Do we have a song from um, Bad of the Shell? We do not. Well, we could we could put one in. Well, we could. <laughs> it's our show. Yeah. We could do whatever we, we want. Should we put the one with the layered harmonies so people can get an idea of what we're talking yeah, that, about? That's uh, Summer Life, yeah. Summer Life, yeah. I think there's actually more than 30 harmonies. Because I remember, and that, what's crazy about that recording is it was recorded, if you can believe this, on a, a Pentium 128 uh PC with 256 megabytes of RAM, and that's megabytes, people. I don't know what that megabytes. Is. Not gigabytes. Not, not not very much power. Right. Mm. Your yeah. phone probably has more power than that. Actually. Oh, 100. It does. Yeah, 100. So how did you get all those tracks? You just kept laying them, layer over time. Like I, yeah, he, I wouldn't know how to do with a four track. I just wouldn't know how to yeah, do with a computer. Todd, our our producer, he uh, he was basically he would take we'd record like four harmonies like a four-part harmony and then he mixed that down to one track and then we record another four-part harmony because if he did if he had too many tracks then he'd start getting like these memory errors in the software because there was there was just too many tracks and it, i i think it was like closer to like 50 uh hmm. and it's he did he made an export for me that was just all a- acapella and it, it sounds fucking crazy. It sounds like this big choir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We better let people hear that song. All right. So... Let the people listen to what they need. Yes. Let's, they, let's, let's let them go. hear it. Yes. So, so there's so, a summer of life. Summer of life off of uh, Bats Out of Shell. Bats Out of Shell, yes. I'm cruising the top down, watching it turn around. The summer of life. Oh, 
dig those crazy harmonies that was uh mccracken's obviously with summer of life so it's it's funny you ask you ask spot about writing songs or you ask about the song or anything apparently some dog wasn't entirely content to only get you know a george harrison like one or two songs an album because last year you put out your first solo album i did yeah and that so was what was the probably, end of this oh i'm sorry well, it, was, it was probably due to like you know just sitting around with like covid uh hmm. And I was, so I, I was thinking, you know, uh, Bill had done a solo album and Phil had done like an EP. You should have done so the I Kiss thought, thing where you could each do your own solo album, but each one was called McCrackens. Maybe that'll <laughs> come in the future. <laughs> never say never. But yeah, I, I was only going to do like maybe like four songs or something like that. And then a, a buddy of mine that I did an album with uh, a few years ago, um, he encouraged me to do a full album and I was like, oh, I don't know. It's like a lot of fucking work. And then he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, I'll, 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 you know, help you write some songs if you want. And then, so he actually, uh, co-wrote a couple of songs. His name's, uh, Chris, Chris Damien Dahl. He's in a band mm. called the suicide bombers in uh, Norway. Mm. And, uh, so, um, he did a couple of songs, um, with me. And then I just got a whole bunch of my friends, uh, to play on the record with me. That's and what I was going to ask you. Did you do drums or how, how did or every yeah, song so different? How did shit yeah, so I, I played all the drums on the record, obviously did all the vocals. And then um, I played a guitar and a few tracks. And then 
I had AC, uh, Bill, Phil, uh, my buddy Chris in Norway, uh, Jay from the Prozacs. He played on a song. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember who else. I might be missing somebody else. But look, watch yeah. careful. Careful, Neil. Drummers are getting sentient intelligence. They're starting to play guitar and <laughs> sing and stuff. The world's yeah, so, but yeah, so that and then I got it mixed uh, in Norway um, uh, by this woman named uh, Maria Maxwell, who spent like about six months uh, mixing it to make it all sort of cohesive and uh, and you know started to sound like it was the same session and um, and yeah, I was. Ended up doing a full album. I never intended on doing a solo album or, you know, it was just maybe an EP, but I, I, I'm pretty happy I did it. I, it turned out really well, I think. So, you say, so it, you're saying that this, this was recorded during COVID time, you said? Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, and Heather, it's Heather funny you say that because I, it does, it sounds cohesive to me. Like I wouldn't have guessed it was kind of yeah, she together. Maria, who, and she, she normally um she normally uh mixes like edm records oh really and uh, so uh she told me at the end of it she said it was the most difficult record she's ever mixed just just right? to because you're, you're getting different bass tones and guitars and whatnot mm-hmm. and you know you still have that but she made it so it sounded like a cohesive you know sort of continuity wise you know the same throughout the whole record oh, she did a good job she did a good job because it sounds good I mean, like my my guitar tracks on the songs I played, I recorded in my with my my laptop, right? So you gotta um, same with the new McCracken's record. So it's like not everyone who was on the Spot record actually had a home studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she really like, I mean, the tracks were there, but she really made it all sound like cohesive throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and then I. I got Justin Perkins uh, to master it, and, and he did a killer job of the mastering too. He's done like Screeching Weasel. I uh, see that sounds familiar to me. Why is that? <laughs> yeah, he's done a lot. He's done a lot of punk stuff, and then he's he uh, he's done a couple of replacements. Uh, like he did the the uh, Please to Meet Me box set. Oh wow! And, uh, um, and, and he just did like Shania Twain's greatest hits. So he's like all over all over the board, but he's like. Total pro and like really good guy and uh, I mean, recommend that, him. That's that's crazy, right? Like he he must give you guys like a buddy rate or something, right? Because if he's working for Shania Twain, I assume that's like a huge paycheck, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, sure, I, I'm not gonna you know say what what he charged. Or no, anything, no, no, he, absolutely not. Yeah, he, def- he definitely uh, definitely get, gave me a good deal and and uh, and I yeah and I, I think AC if I'm not correct. Uh, or if I am correct, uh, he played in. Did he play in Screeching Weasel in the early days? Yeah, I I saw him play with Screeching Weasel back when they first started doing those one-offs. I went flew to Edmonton, like post and, post Jughead. Yeah, and like they did a show in Edmonton, and I think they did a show in Chicago. It was super weird, but Justin was playing bass at the time. Yeah, but like yeah. really okay, like excellent mastering guy and just. Total pro. He's phenomenal. Huh. Yeah. He did our new yeah. record, too. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get to hear that sometime next year. Yeah, right. Or, Maybe. Or the following year. Yeah. But, I mean, but the spot record's been getting a lot of good pub, especially, obviously, from Heather, and I'm sure it got it got high on the dummy room uh, thing. I'm sure it did. I didn't listen to that episode, but I'm sure it did really well. So, 
Congratulations. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was fun to do. It was a lot of work, but it was uh, it was definitely something I enjoyed doing. Hmm. Now you didn't yeah, want to keep. I'm I'm sorry. You, you didn't want to keep any of those tracks for the next McCracken's record or whatever. You you did want to put them out solo though. Well, yeah. So when I was I'm in another band uh, that I've been in since uh, 2014. I'm in uh, another band. It's kind of like a dirty rock and roll band called Dirtbag Republic. And uh, I, I sing in that, and uh, I'm the sort of the primary songwriter for that band uh, hmm. with my guitar player. And uh, so when I was writing a lot of the songs for the Spot album, um, there was a few songs that kind of like would have worked for Dirtbag Republic. So I sent it to my guitar player that I write with, and I said, hey, do you like this song, or can I use it for for uh, this Spot thing I'm doing? And uh and Mick, my guitar player, he said, he said, oh, no, you can use that, whatever. So there was a couple of songs I was going to use. Um, it got poached, no pun intended. Yeah. But that, yeah, there was some, a couple of songs I was going to use, but I ended up keeping for Dirtbag. And, and uh, but yeah, most of the songs I was kind of focusing on kind of a pop punk, cheap trick kind of style. Mm-hmm. We're going to play one of those two right now. We are. Um, I, what, what, it, I, I, what I was going to say is the song that we're going to play off the record is actually features all the McCrackens. So this is oh, one. Okay. It yeah, does. Um, it's, it's a song about our trip trying to get to Italy for uh, punk rock Reduno. And um, Spot wrote the song and then we all ended up doing our own parts on it. And I believe Bill actually does uh, a verse on it as well. Yeah, he does. He does a couple of uh, verses. So, Spot, will you ever play this stuff live? You think? Um, uh, I'm not going to say no, but probably not likely. But you know, you never know. I, I, if I get bored, I might throw a band together and do some shows. I don't know. If somebody is interested, I'll I'd do it probably. I, I love a singing drummer. I am. I am. This is this is an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I actually I actually have about five songs written for another album, another spot album that I might uh, wow might, that might see the light of day. Guy waits half a half a half a century to put out his first album, Neil, and now he's gonna put one out every six months. Well, I, th- this might be an exclusive. But... <laughs> They're all trying to one up each other. AC's got a double album coming out. There, 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 there is an AC McCracken solo record in the works as well this year. Oh, is that right? I, I was not aware of this. Is Spot going to be playing drums on it? Spot might be playing drums on it. I'm currently working with Bill on it, and uh, we will be working on tracking it this year, and uh, hopefully vinyl pressing will be fixed by next year. You know what I'm, you know what I'm sensing here, Neil? A real inbred Texas Chainsaw Massacre type <laughs> thing. <laughs> yes, that's right. They have the costumes this, and stuff. So. This, this, this is a super exclusive I might be playing drums on AC's album. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So what's the spot? What's the spot song? It's called YOYVR. Now, I, obviously, AC just said what it was about. It was about them going to trying to get to Italy, right? But what? Okay, what is what is VR? YVR is the the call letters for Vancouver International Airport. Oh, okay. Uh, there we go. Now it makes and sense. It's just, wait, it, the YOY is like 
why oh why vancouver airport are you giving us such grief why it was why actually delilah tom jones yes thank yeah, you yes yeah it was actually air canada that was giving us grief but i just kind of made you know why oh why vr sounded better yeah i thought it was going to be why oh ac that's what i was getting from and, oh, uh, go, oh of course that would be acu uh, canada yeah there you go and unlike the rickshaw there's no cheap pbrs to be found in the airport my friends no 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 <laughs> all right let's check it out deal okay why oh why vr by uh, good friend spot I think the second track off uh, off the album New Tricks by uh, oh, hang, Spot McCracken. Hang on. I, I just got something that just came on my phone. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Some royalties just came in. Some royalties just came in from playing that. <laughs> uh, I can guarantee you that they didn't. <laughs> I, I, I can guarantee they did, and I will be going to the grocery store and getting a single package of double bubble gum no but one, I'll t- grape. I'll t- one grape which i will not pay for i'll just pop in my mouth i will i will tell i will tell you what though i can guarantee that some of our old listeners on here might actually buy a couple or two of the album yeah uh, we are you know. these are people loved by records yes. yeah they do our folks are good Perfect. like that yeah yes. so you might make a well, dollar off the record that'll be good there you go this is good to hear yes well that that song is actually all based on truth as well like um 
we were flying to Bergamo, Italy for Punk Rock Reduno. And we were only going to Italy for 72 hours. So Yikes. I got in I got in the cab to go to the airport and our flight was delayed. By the time we all arrived at the airport, our flight was like delayed past the point of our connections. Um, and then the, the airline loaded three of us on the standby flight and not spot. So then we got pulled from that flight. And, Did uh, they know he was the drummer? Did they discriminate against him strictly because he, he had his dog outfit on? He had the makeup Probably, on. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyhow, so we were on the flight. We got pulled from the flight because they couldn't get all four of us on. And then we ended up flying from Vancouver to the UK, then from the UK down to Bergamo, Italy. And mm. in that time, all of our instruments were lost. Oh, Jesus. Ah. Um, but luckily, Punk Rock Ruduno has. Um, uh, uh, a guitar company that kind of sponsors and like gives guitars like so um bill was able to use the same guitar that the joe queer had used on a previous year and then i actually borrowed a guitar from sweatpants party from casper and used another band guitar. we've been hearing a ton about another we've yeah. been hearing their name a lot too well, Casper had been in the 20 Belows who had toured with the McCrackens on the big mm. six-week tour. Okay. So pretty much Bergamo, it was, uh, I think we were in Italy for about 60 hours before flying home by the time it was all done. Uh. <laughs> so you keep talking about Punk Rock Reduno, and I've seen the videos for it. Tell, tell us about this, because honestly, so we're, we, we like a lot of pop, pop, pop punk bands. We've become friendly with a lot of them, but... We're not like experts on pop punk. So what what is this thing? It's outdoors, right? Yeah. So it's at um like a youth center, but the youth centers in Italy are more like a beer garden. Hmm. Um and it is put on for free. So it's a free festival. So oh. there's no tickets and it's um people fly in from all over the world. Like the McCrackens play very rarely. We played in Vancouver in two thousand nine. And we played in Bergamo in 2019. Is that so, right? Like 10 years? That's it? 10 year difference. Yeah. yeah. We, wow. We practiced for three months to do the Reduno show. Um, and we had people flying in from New Jersey, a bunch of people from the UK. Some dudes came in from Russia. Um, people from all over Italy show up to this one location to see a bunch of bands. So after us, it was... Um, it was Pansy Division, then the Avengers, the night that we played. So we oh, were like, "Those are big." How do you, so? How do they? Pay, I mean, okay. I mean, you know, Pansy Division, the Avengers. They got to pay them pretty good money to get them. Even you guys, you have to have make a certain amount of money to make it worth flying over from I Canada. Think, how do they do this thing? So we were offered a week tour prior that we did uh, not do. We did not do that though. We decided to make it a one-off and do something special. Mm. Um, so they, they pay you. Um, they they. Once again, I'm not money. I'm not trying to pry. Yeah. I'm just curious how so, they are able so to we, pay. We treated it. We treated it as a special event. Sure. So it cost us money to go. Ah, uh, but you got to go to Italy for sixty. You got to go to Italy and we <laughs> be in an airport for twelve hours. Yes, yeah. 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 merch though. We yeah, sold a lot true. of merch because um, luckily I both uh, myself and Phil work at a merchandising company, so. Ah. Um, they didn't lose our merch. So I think we had like <laughs> 10 t-shirt designs and we brought yeah. 
bunch of records and we sold all the records and pretty much all the shirts. Oh, that's huh. good. Um, so we, by the time it was all said and done, um, like we each came back with about a hundred bucks. But you didn't and, lose money. Uh, yeah, we didn't lose money. And then, um, we got the live record out of that as well. So, which I gotta say that that eggs alive record, Neil, have you got a chance to spin that yet? I have not. It is the most phenomenal. I mean, this is at some youth center. It is the most phenomenal sounding live record. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say it's like, like it's not as good as Ramones. It's alive, but it's a really damn good sounding live record. I mean, it's it. it I just I'm shocked by the sound quality of this thing. Yeah, our, our producer mixer uh, Todd Stephenson, he did like just an amazing job with that because we just basically got the raw the raw mixing board uh, tracks from it. Yeah, uh, yeah. He just did a stellar job on that. Like, he spent a lot of time with uh, with that, you know, tweaking it and getting well, it's it to sound. It's, it's funny because the cover the cover art is like like alive. The kiss, the first alive kiss album. So when I first listened to it, I actually sent AC a message and I said, "Dude, is this is this really live or is it like one of those like kiss? Because Kiss Alive was famously not really a live album. It was actually sort of like the whole thing was sort of." or studio enhanced he said no that's pretty much all live stuff it, it, it's anyway it's a great sound album i'll stop kissing your ass now yeah there, there was a, i mean there was a couple little screw-ups that we fixed but i mean it's the live tracks but like there's like little things here and there that you clean up but it was the live tracks and what was cool is that they actually sent um audience mics and stuff too hmm. so Huh. Yeah, so you got the ambience. You got the ambience from the crowd in there and whatnot, which you, is good. You can hear AC yelling at the crowd, telling them to fuck off yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's that, uh, what, that's necessary. What really, what I think sets ours apart from the other uh, punk rock Reduno mixed albums is ours. Like, we have a producer and Todd, and Todd really goes over everything. Whereas, like uh, a lot of the other live records from that show are just kind of like just mixing the whole thing together whereas like todd will overanalyze all the individual tracks and eq everything so hmm. oh, well it's funny neil i was I, see i was i was forgetting all the parody stuff because there's tons of parody they, they love their parody stuff and their pun stuff i'm pretty confident the t-shirt that ac sent me was inspired by sloppy seconds am i right about that or is it a bigger no it, it's it's a sloppy seconds that like that's okay. another band that's another band where, um, being from Vancouver, I thought I would never get to see. And um, luckily enough, um, uh, Rev from the Drowns. Um, yeah, they did some West Coast touring with them. Yeah, yeah, did a West Coast tour. So I took my my wife and like my one year old down to Seattle, and I went to a show by myself. <laughs> um, nice. And then and then Sloppy Seconds ended up playing punk rock bowling a couple years later, and that's one of those. And this year they're doing it again, which is amazing. We're pretty um, we're pretty good buddies with those guys. Yeah. We've had BA on three times. I've seen them play more than twenty times. That's yeah. I wish, but I've but seen you got to remember, Midwestern. They're from Indianapolis. I'm from Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, I mean, people from Europe don't understand how big the Midwest is. It is big. You know, it's a long way for me to Minneapolis or something. But I do tend to get to see the. You know, I saw the Meat Men like ten times. Most people are like, oh, that's so amazing. I'm like, yeah, but I never see any of these cool West Coast bands. You know. Yeah, I, and I mean, it's what's what's really cool. I think about Sloppy Seconds is that they're. I kind of feel like they're finally getting their due, you know. Like they like they're going to be playing um, Rebellion Fest this year. Yeah, that's that's pretty they're, cool. 
they're doing all this stuff now, and like BA has his bionic knees now, right? right. So yep. There's no stopping them anymore. He looks great, man. I went and saw him in Texas last fall, and they, they look great. Well, hopefully you can convince the wife to come to Punk Rock Bowling because we can we're in, st- we're, sit down and have a drink. We're having slightly hostile negotiations right now. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing with Punk Rock Bowling. So for us older fellas to go to Punk Rock Bowling, you know, last last. Well, it was two years ago, I guess they had it, a year and a half ago. Neil went, and I went, and my good buddy that goes to all the shows, we went, we met a bunch of other people from the East Coast, and it was really a really great, great time. But it kind of kicks your ass. You know what I mean? If you Because, like, the first day, you're like, oh, I want to see all the bands. By the second day, you're like, oh, I'll be there, like, two. And then, then like, the third day, it's like, oh, I'll be there, like, four. And because we, we go to the pool parties, which were great, but our wives yeah. were at, like, a neighboring hotel just, like, lounging by the pool so we'd go hit the pool party show at like 11 a.m. And then at 1 p.m. when it was done. Trash by go, one. <laughs> we'd go sit with our wives and it got harder and harder to like leave the wives behind because they were having this quiet, mellow, yeah. poolside thing. And we were going to go stand in the desert and drink $10 freaking Dixie cups of PBR and just <laughs> die in the heat. So, well, the, the makes it sound great, fun. everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go spend 2000 bucks and go to Punk Rock Bowling. Punk rock bowling is just something that you put up with every year. So I've been going since 2011. So it's not so much about the bands. It's more about the experience. But then you yeah. learn over time that you don't need to go to every pool party. Um, you don't need – yeah, in a lot of bands you yeah. don't need to Yeah, yeah. you learn the, the first day don't show up from the airport and go to Hogs and Heifers because you're going to need a nap before the Friday night shows. Yeah. And <clears> – <throat> It's one of those things where it's just like you can go and have a good time. This year, it's moved back to a parking lot like it used to be back in the day. Okay. Um, so it's not at that venue. So I don't know what the drink situation is going to be like. But it's a good time to go and meet people that – like I kind of go every year, and it's just hooking up with people from all over the world. We all meet up there one time a year, right? Well, that that's what I will say about it is it's sort of cool because – 90% of us have normal jobs. We take our kids to school. We walk among the normal people all the time, and it's fine. We can do that. But it's nice to go somewhere where you're sort of surrounded by kindred spirits. It's just, it was a cool, you know, it's a cool event. Yeah, I'm thinking of not doing that this year and going to Rebellion instead for the first time. So, yeah. I don't know if you I, guys I, have ever been. Did you guys, you guys have probably never played Rebellion, did you, or did you? No. Nah. No. Okay. But Rebellion is kind of like uh, what I would think is like the punk rock bowling of the UK, right? Um, a bit, of an, sort older of, crowd, bit of an older easy, crowd, I think. It's more user-oriented, yeah. 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 Well, it's, Rebellion uh, gets all these bands that like you would – it seems like Rebellion gets so many reformed bands that yeah. like you would never see unless you were going to Rebellion Fest. Yeah, the Sham 69s and Cox Bars and stuff like that that probably aren't going to tour the U.S. ever again. You, you know, like, no, Cox Bar plays punk rock bowling. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant yeah, Cocky yeah. Rejects. Cocky Rejects, you meant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, I mean, Cox Bar and, like, seeing the addicts of punk rock bowling, like, the addicts had never been to Vancouver. And then I believe it was 2019 in the fall, they actually played their first show in Vancouver, and it was, like, a sold-out 700-seat venue. Um, and it's it's a lot of these bands, like, the Damned and stuff always come to Vancouver and – I would love to go to Rebellion. Um, it looks a bit overwhelming, like the amount of stuff. The amount of bands is crazy. I mean, that band yeah. list, is, there's like 300 like bands on it. Uh, 
I'd like to see Dirtbox Disco. Are those guys still around? See, that's a name that I see all the time, but I've never heard. That must be a European thing, huh? Yeah, the they're dirt. from the UK. Okay. But, and uh, I think that the, the drummer, or no, the, the guitar player who was like one of the main writers in Dirtbox Disco, uh, he's got a, uh, a side project called Spunk something in the volcano spunk and the spunk and the spunk and the eruptions and the volcano i can't remember the exact name but hmm. but dirtbox disco is a great band yeah i don't know them like i said i see the name there's a few of these bands that i see the name on all these uk festivals but i've never heard one of them, like like give fist i always see that oh give fist man yeah give fist like, pretty good actually... must be the next thing best next to sliced bread but because I, I see them all over but i've never you know they never made it over here it's like on the bus yeah another one you know, on the bus you know, is like, cool i would say my dream uk band to see at punk rock bowling or even in canada is the, the toy dolls that's a band i've never been able to see because they oh, yeah, yeah. seem to have toured north america in like the 80s and maybe early 90s and yeah, then they I haven't them, really come back i saw them like 93 in chicago with Guttermouth. uh yeah they were, they were fantastic live man olga is such an amazing guitar player just fucking crazy yeah. <laughs> i actually uh spot actually has like i got five of their later records we just got a shipment from germany and i just picked up the two reissues on radiation records that they've been coming out with but uh it's that re- one of those bands that you can't really get stuff in north america that mm-hmm. radiation records is mm-hmm. went from being a label that i'd never heard of to literally probably being the record label that i bought the most things on last year are these legitimate releases or what a hundred percent because they're putting out such i mean you know something like i mean like i've bought stuff as varied as like agent orange and the exploit and all these like they're putting out all these classic albums that are pretty pricey otherwise i I love this label i don't know anything about them so it's um marco owns a record store in rome and he actually came with his daughter to punk rock reduno and um i believe there's a photo on the back of the live record of us with his young daughter she's probably seven or eight and hmm. at punk rock reduno she's absolutely horrified out. surrounded by these egg men <laughs> <laughs> oh, she, uh, he said uh do you want to put out like the second record stupid which had already been out on vinyl. And we're like, yeah, maybe, maybe. And we kept in touch with them. And then we brought up a uh, bat out of shell being like, it's like the pet sounds. It's never been on vinyl. And he decided to put it out. And it seems like, like even the sex pistols demos that he put out, the spunk demos. Yeah. The spunk demos. Yeah. So was that, like, you bought that recently, Neil, was that on radiation? That I don't, it's, uh, that's been re-released and released and released okay. so many times. I, don't, I, don't I know, know you picked that up when we were at Chevrolet. I did. Chicago, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. So radiation p- put out a pink version of it, and all the radiation stuff, it seems to be limited to 500. Hmm. So he, he pays the licensing and releases it, and um, it's amazing. It's amazing what he's done in the past year, like just the random records that you would never imagine would come out. Well, I bought like for, for just for me, I got a couple exploited things. A couple years ago, I got Living in Darkness. I just had never grabbed it. I had it on CD for years, never had it on vinyl. I got uh, I got both the GBH City Baby records. I mean, just just great, great stuff. Anyway, keep up the good work, Marco. Man, I'm I'm, I'm paying attention to you over here. I appreciate what you're doing. Channel Three, Neil, he put out that Channel Three reissue. Just tons of stuff. Yeah, he also put out uh, the Hollywood Brats, which was. Uh a reissue remaster reissue and that's a band that was like 
from the early 70s in the UK. Yeah, it became, uh, became the boys, right? Yeah, yeah, they yeah they ended up sort of becoming the boys, and the, but they were kind of like a UK version of the New York Dolls. Hmm. Um, and he put out that album, uh, and a, uh, there was like a, a secondary, it was like a double vinyl album, uh, and the other album had a bunch of like bonus tracks and whatnot on it. Huh. Which I never thought I'd see coming out. I, I was always trying to get that record. Do you speak good English, this Marco? Um, I can see. I can see yeah. where your mind's going, Tom. I can I'm see like, where man, that's we going. We have to talk to this guy because I got a few requests. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would send them the requests. I mean, they they have so much in their pipeline. Like, uh, it's it's amazing. Like, just what they what they the amount that they're putting out, they would probably be the number one, I think, reissue label in the world right now, at least for punk rock. Well, it's like, I mean, you know, you, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Trust, which is the new label that's been doing sure. doing Circle Jerk, Seven, Seven Seconds, seconds and stuff yeah. like that. And they're going to start doing a lot of like the classic BYO catalog. Mm-hmm. But they're doing a couple records a year. Radiation just seems to be cranking stuff out like at a crazy rate. Well, and those, G, those GBH records have like the full size, like original poster in them which must have been like 12 by 24 or so just eno- you know just cool that's what stuff. that's what you want it's a big poster of the guys from gbh yeah, yeah, and yeah. Some dudes. <laughs> I, I, yeah. the trust the trust record stuff is amazing too because of the the history booklets that they come with it yeah oh my gosh and like, yeah they, they, like they even, they're way like a double album because they're so yeah. packed stuff and they're great great products and everything and i just saw like today like uh for the new seven seconds uh um they're releasing a bag of red balloons. Oh, what? Jesus. Like, yeah. no, but, but, I'm off on that but one they, now. <laughs> no, but they're, they're all, they spend all this time on the packaging, and yeah. it seems like it's really cool because they're kind of like, there's a lot of old guys that like are picking it up, but I think there's probably getting a, like, there are some young kids that are collecting vinyl, and this kind of gives you like the history of it, you know? Yeah. It's got a little extra love in it. Well, it is. it is funny because at this point, you're trying to convince guys who are at least 45 to buy something for the second, maybe third, maybe fourth time. You know, I, when I saw, I remember a few years ago seeing, never mind the bollocks, finally went platinum. I said, I, all I could think was, did it really go platinum or did like 250,000 of us buy it four times each? You know, I, just, I don't know. I think that's probably accurate. All right, yeah, we've we've got a long way yeah, we've off gone of kind of talking about the crackets. Yeah, I, I love talking to other guys about punk rock stuff. So, oh, all right, let's play a song, and then what, how many songs we got left, Neil? A couple. Yeah, we got a couple left. Yeah, yeah. Let's play another song and come back and talk about I don't know some more McCracken stuff. Okay, so uh, I guess the next one let's do Candy. What's which album is this off of, and what's what's well? I guess it's about Candy, right? <laughs> Spot. You still oh, there, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm licking my balls. Hang on. He's listening. <laughs> it's so funny. He's, he's digging out his GBH balls, poster. Yeah, I didn't care. <laughs> so, so this one's off uh, It Ain't Over Easy, which is the album I came into the band on um, for the tour. And uh, we actually have a, a band from TV video of this on uh, YouTube that um, I had some friends shoot. Uh, I'm not in the video, but uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And it's probably our number one stream song on all streaming platforms. Now, why is it banned? What do you mean? Uh, you, some... need to watch the, 
you need to watch get over the fact that we're wearing makeup, Neil, and uh, watch the video, and then you can figure it out for yourself. Because well, the last spot, look at his, spots, look at his balls. Well, we we gave we gave it the director uh, carte blanche um, creative control, so he he really took that to heart, and uh, you'll you'll see in the video when you watch it. You'll yeah. So you guys have a YouTube channel because we suck at helping people promote their things. You guys, so the McCrackens have a YouTube channel. Is that what I'm to believe? Yeah, it's a couple. It's like Spot McCracken or McCrackens, and this this video was shot like a lot of people like uh claim that canada you can get all these factor grants to do music videos and stuff which you can our band has never done that um never tried or never been successful never tried okay like um but this video as much as people don't want to believe it was shot for two cases of beer i think we did (laughs) and um that sounds pretty canadian right there molson though not pbr (laughs) And we, we just happen to have friends that actually work in the film industry and actually have shot proper videos. And my buddy contacted me and said, hey, I want to try out my new camera. Let's get some beer. Hmm. And the, the the song Candy, which is we're going to hear, there's a great video on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. So cool. Okay, let's listen to the song. And then you guys, after you're done listening to this podcast, you can go check out that video. So anyway, McCracken. And, and look at their, their smashed up van. There you go. Jesus. No, we're talking about happy things, Tom. Uh, The Kraken's with candy.
Andy by the McCrackens. So what well, now? I'm actually, I'm actually shocked to learn you guys have only played twice, like in the last thirteen years or whatever. You uh, well, you got a you got a new record coming out. Are you going to? Uh, I mean, how do you promote it? Are you going to play some live shows? Are you just going to do some videos or what? Are, what are you going? What's the plan? Well, we had uh, in the band. We actually had a pretty rough year last year. Our bass player Phil suffered a stroke in March. Oh no, kidding! So yeah, so he suffered a stroke. He, he and... survived that freaking vicious car crash just to have a stroke. Yeah. This is not fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he's doing he's doing okay. He's lost some vision, like peripheral vision, um, but mm. he has full body movement and stuff, and some memory issues still. So um, we're letting him take his time, and then we'll see uh. how he improves. And then, I mean, we'd love to play some shows. It's a little bit hard to get into the U.S. Um, because you have to get working papers and stuff. Sure. And there was uh. a musicians. Yeah, there's a musicians union, and there's back dues that are owed. Ah. Uh. Um, if you would notice that uh, Chicks Dig It took a break from playing in the U.S. Well, um, they came back down last year. They, for the, well, they played our buddies' uh, festival in Chicago. Yeah, so they got everything figured out now. And they got their uh, musicians union caught up, and they now have working papers for the U.S. It's, uh, it's quite difficult to make it into the U.S. compared oh. to coming up to Canada for American bands. You should uh, sneak through the Mexican border. It's very porous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until yeah. yeah, Mexico and then come up that way. There you go. Yeah, it's exactly. The, you it's can, a, it's a simple, is a big, simple answer. Texas is a big punk rock state, man. Hold on. Let, let me go back to something you said, Tom. So when they said they were 10 years between gigs, I thought they meant 10 years between gigs in Italy. I didn't think you meant 10 years between gigs full stop. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, we're kind of like the pop punk. Uh, pet shop boys. Good God. <laughs> Where, who's got you know, the brains have... and who's got the looks? And when are you going to start making lots of money? <laughs> pet shop boys. Pet shop boys reference to all you hey, kids out there. Nice one. <laughs> I got it. Huh. Wow. Yeah, that is yeah. kind of. Yes. So we re- we record, you know, over the years we've recorded a shitload of, of stuff, but uh, on the live spectrum, we just haven't, you know. Is, a, is there a reason for that? I mean, does someone have like uh, stage fright and stuff? Like, I know the guys in XTC used to have stage fright, so they wouldn't play live very much. Dude, no one even knows who they are. They're wearing makeup. They could just substitute somebody else in. If <laughs> that's true. Get a ringer fright. in there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not really that. I don't know. It's I don't know. It's 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 kind of odd. We just you know just can't we're, get we're together. We kind of we're we're kind of the, the type of band where. If somebody doesn't come to us with like something good, then we don't go out and seek it. Like a lot of bands who are, you know, who been around as long as us, they might like, you know, work with somebody, like seek out a, a promoter and put together a tour. Sure. Where whereas we don't really, you know, we'll do out, we'll do the records and whatnot, but we don't really seek out, you know, doing a tour or anything like that. But if somebody came to us with something that we felt was cool that we hadn't done before and you know it wasn't gonna be a dog's breakfast no pun intended uh <laughs> that uh yeah. you know we, we might we might consider it right like i know i know for sure if if we got offered to do a tour in japan which we almost did around the time ac joined um but it you know because of the whole financial meltdown it kind of got kiboshed mm. but uh 
you know, if the first offer- financial, the first financial meltdown, not the recent one, the one before that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If we got like, you know, Japan or, or Australia or something like that, you know, we, we might, uh, we might consider doing something like that. I mean, we're I think, all, I, I think we could get you up to 300 American dollars to come down <laughs> to Indiana to play the Joey Ramon birthday bash. But yeah, there you go. Oh, we'll Holy get it. Our lawyer will get it to you in writing. I know the exchange rate. That's probably several thousand Canadian dollars. I, assume. <laughs> I think that might be about uh, 30 bucks Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think like it, it should be said that like in the 90s, the band was playing a live like live shows a ton in the yeah. 90s. And then, sure. you know, yeah. as you get older, life gets in the way. And then, yeah. You go and tour Europe, and you really want to sleep in squats and do that again? Oh yeah, yeah. Or like, or do you want to like, as you get older, as you guys would know? I'm, I mean, I'm the youngest here, at 46 years old. Um, He's a spring chicken. I, he should be the drummer, yeah. Neil. <laughs> it, it kind of gets to be his character. Of like, yeah, there you go. Of like wanting to go on tour and kind of be a little bit comfortable or treat it more as a holiday, which is yeah. how we treated Italy, right? Well, that's it, right? Like, because the Australia thing, I could see that because I like I'm probably not going to be able to go to Australia as a tourist. But if you had an opportunity to do it, even if it was, you know, even if it was a break-even situation, I suppose it'd be worth doing, right? Well, I'll, yeah. I'll give I'll give you a prime example of of you know doing something, you know, in one sort of age bracket as opposed to another age bracket. So, like when we toured Europe in '96, I think I was 30. Maybe just turned thirty, or right around there. Okay. And, and that then, would make you seventy-four right now, by my math. <laughs> in, in, in dog years. That's dog, that's dog years, right? I'm, I'm fifty-six right now. Hey, I'm the oldest again. Great. Yeah, you're younger than deal. You're fine. Holy fuck! I thought I, I thought I was the veteran in the crowd, but that's all right. Neil but, outlived several people this week. I mean, yeah, we're he's outliving people. Another we're one today, apparently. Segment. It's going to be people Neil outlived this week. David Crosby is not too hard to outlive, but um, Priscilla Press, yeah, not bad, not bad. Or was it Lisa Marie? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Who yeah. I think it was like fifty-four or fifty-five, yeah. which is pretty. But yeah, so when we did the European tour in '96, uh, we finished that tour, and it was like only three weeks. And I remember saying to Bill, I said, "This was fucking awesome," uh, and I was like, "I could do this for like six months straight. This was great. I loved it." And then we toured Europe ten years later. Uh, and we did a month and a half, you know, uh, in Europe. Still, and we were like, that's a crazy long time. You guys are adults yeah. at that point. Well, yeah. And then so we did. So we were four weeks into the tour and then we were like, holy fuck, we got another two weeks to go. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like, you know, 10 years later and you're just kind of like, you know, your priorities well, you have to have jobs that are very I mean, you guys all have day jobs. You have to have day jobs that are very accommodating to let you go for six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Uh, the gig, I, you know, the gig I was doing at that time, I, you know, my boss was pretty cool, and and uh, he, you know, he allowed me to to do that and take a, an extended break. So, but yeah, even when you get older, you're just like, you know, do I want to, you know, do I want to spend that much time? I mean, it's not really spending time away, but it has to be like for me personally, it has to be you're, you're at least comfortable yeah. if you want to get. You want to get some sleep you can get some sleep and you're not sleeping on like somebody's you know floor or whatever right you don't want to get fleas 
Yeah. I mean, it might not be very punk rock, but I don't care. I'm an oh, old no, man, no. So. Dude, yeah, I, that that drives me crazy sometimes when people say shit like that. It's like, you know, I was saying the Buzzcocks sold out or whatever at the end. It's like, Jesus Christ, yeah. he's fucking 60 years old. What do you want well, him to and, do? And, you know, listen, <laughs> the fact of the matter is something like punk rock bowling is really a testament to the fact that older punks, we're not broke. We have jobs. You know what I mean? We're, we're yeah. let's face it, punk rock bowling, not only is it not cheap, it's not even particularly punk because they have VIP. There's no VIP in punk, people. Well, there, is. there is. There is. And if I could have got the tickets, I would have done it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. I think this year I'm the only one that didn't buy VIP. And the reason I didn't buy VIP is every single time someone I know down there goes and buys the VIP, sure, you get like a shaded area in your own bar, but you're hanging out in the large crowd anyhow. Yeah. So... It's, it's one just, of those things where it's like we're all getting older and you, you're kind of comfortable in your life, I think. And it's yeah. like the band is fun. It's fun to record. It's fun to do stuff. But if you're going to go play live, it has to really be worthwhile. Hmm. Well, and the fact of the matter is the thing that's good, I would think, in your situation, if you did decide to do a tour a week in the States or something, if you could make it work, you know, People better come. This might be it. It's going to be one of those. It's Tuesday night in Akron. People are going to be there. You know, you develop a scarcity. You get a thing, you know, like the queers, man. I love the queers. I don't have a bad word to say about them. But they toured so relentlessly for so many years that there's no, like, uh, scarcity. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'll get them next time. I'll get them next time. Yeah, like, I'd want to do, like, if if we did do something in the States, I mean, I'd love to do something with, like, Teenage Rock, you know, play with teenage bottle rocket or somebody like that or chicks dig it i don't and, know dude they're from colorado well no they're not they're from wyoming but you don't want to drive through colorado again i don't think <laughs> yeah fuck that but it, yeah I, I, you know if we were to do something like that where we did like some final hurrah or whatever or or just you know did a tour you know and like jumped on like a leg of it or something like that i'd want it to be with like a you know an established band so it's like i'm sure of a lot of people and you're not really and, looking to earn. You're not really looking to like start over and yeah. I get that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we we have our we have our established fan base and they know what to expect and and uh, you know a lot of people would probably love to see us play. I'm sure. Yeah. But um, you know it. We 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 don't ever rule anything out. I'm, like yeah. I'm amazed. We're I'm amazed we're actually still putting out records 27 years later. Like I would, if you told me that back in 1995 that I would be, you know, on a podcast on the internet, which barely existed back then. <laughs> sure. It's not just that, for porn that, anymore. They were, yeah, they were still doing records. I, I'd be, I would be amazed. Yeah. Well, 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 Spot, I'm gonna amaze you with something. It's not 27 years. It's 29 years. There you go. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> and, and I want, so. I want to give a shout out to the the uh, listeners that. Uh, they can't see the visual here, but AC has got quite the ZZ Top beard going on right now. I haven't seen, <laughs> haven't seen AC in about a couple of months, so this is a shock to me. I don't this is, if this is a new look or I'm not quite sure. It, but it's, it's a mold. It's impressive. <laughs> he's got the midlife. He's got the midlife punk rock look going. He's got the flat rim, black cap, and the long beard. Well, the thing is, we, I mean, with the McCrackens, I've never been able to grow a beard. So I figured I'd start growing a beard, see what happens. But it's in his contract, Neil. As Spot was saying, it's like 
The McCrackens is kind of like this entity that is always doing something. Whether we're playing live or not, we're always doing something. Whereas the band's never broken up. The band's had its lulls. Um, but the band's never broken up. Like, that's the one thing I hate is when, like, there's all these bands. Like, a band's out for three years, and then they make a big deal about them breaking up. It's like, oh, we're breaking up. And it's like, you know, bands have up and downs. And you just yeah. need to... Why bother? Yeah. Yeah, the if you're just gonna get just back like, together anyway. Yeah, just be just be cool. Like that's kind of like the thing. Just be cool. Like you don't like everyone. It's like a relationship. There's always gonna be ups. There's always gonna be downs. But there's no reason to just like like with a band cut it all off if, and leave like a bunch of loose ends. Like we're open to anything. So whatever comes, who knows what we're gonna do. When I always laugh, like you know, sometimes you know we'll, we'll be hanging out over at Bill's place having beers or whatever. And he might say, you know, you know, this is going to be the last record or whatever. And I'll just start laughing at him. Like, I'm like, you said, you said that like five albums ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then, he, and then he'll start laughing and say, yeah, okay, you're right. Well, it's, it's funny. So who's, who's putting out the new record? Um, so the new record's coming out on uh, Mum's Basement Records. Oh, oh, okay. American. Oh yeah. yeah. He's yeah. Ohio so, or something, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. So we're, we're going to do it with Mum's Basement this time. Um, and, and he doesn't, and, and he's and he's cool with the fact that you guys don't play shows. I mean, he's just like, ah, whatever. Of course, he's yeah. John's everything's so limited cool. run now, right? Yeah, John's cool with with uh, anything. Like John's just cool. Like no, he puts out we, great stuff. I don't yeah. know him personally. I was at a show with him one time, and I saw him, and I was gonna go talk to him, but it was a two day show, and I figured I'd see him the next night, and then I'm he left, and I never got to talk to him. So anyway, it's maybe we'll have him on some. What's cool is that we can put out a record, and the record is gonna like it will sell enough you know we're kind of at that point where yeah. it's our european fan base north american fan base japanese and australian fan base like we can put out a record and we don't need to really worry about it so it's more like it, we're kind of in like a sweet spot right now where we can put out reissues there's labels that want to work with us they know they'll move the product so sure um, well and everything like i said everything's so limited now it's not like but you know now usually you know oh it's a record it's five thousand copies a thousand or i'm sorry 500 copies or a thousand copies it's just everything's digital now so the well, physical product just doesn't move like it used to yeah and i i think that you um i sent you guys the live in madrid record right yeah yep yeah so those those are old copies the the other thing like that i think sets us apart from other bands is like um, when we do a record deal, we do uh, like you want to put out our record. You just give us some of the pressing, and that's it. Sure. You know, so do you? So because so you record it basically yourself, so you don't have a you have a lot of time, but not a lot of money necessarily into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there there's a fair bit of money into it, but I mean, you'll get copies. You'll sure. pay that off, and and as much as everyone. Um, doesn't like streaming like we're kind of at a point where streaming is like is actually starting to pay off like because oh. we have so many releases hmm. well and 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 it pays well i would say if you played live it would pay off even more because people would know your songs yeah. and you can yell yeah. them back but we you. we kind of have like a fan base of old dudes that buy records yeah right. yeah and then newer people that listen to streaming i mean i i never thought that Bandcamp was an, an important thing to do and then we started doing Bandcamp a year and a half ago. And there's a whole community of people that only use Bandcamp. Yeah, because so, they're not because they're much more artist friendly than like a Spotify. That's the big thing. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. yeah, but so like there's all these different revenue streams that come in that help us to make our records. Plus yeah. your plus your drudge drudgery daily jobs that you drag yourselves to, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we're at a we're at a point where the band's self sufficient at this point. Gotcha. So we well, can enjoy doing what we do and putting out records. And I can't wait for people to hear this new record. This this new record is one of those uh, COVID records where we all recorded our parts at home and sent them all in. And uh, I'm looking forward to it uh, coming out. Yeah, I think it's it's a uh, it's a really great record. Like Bill, uh, you know, he banged it off like super fast. And I think I don't think I mentioned this, but even the lyrics, I remember uh, Bill talking to me and he said he, he was going to finish off doing the vocals, but he hadn't. He hadn't done all the lyrics and he wrote pretty much all the lyrics within about a 48 hour period as well. Jesus. Mm. Talk about prolific, but, this guy, Jeez. But, don't, but don't, but don't put, or don't take that as like, you know, it's going to be like weak or shitty or anything like mm -hmm. that. Like I, I put this record up with any other albums that we put out. Like it's, it's a really solid album. From yeah. I, I just took it as he was just on a cocaine bender and just stayed up for <laughs> four days yeah. and wrote all the lyrics. Bill Bill is extremely talented yeah. writer and he's he's extremely focused when it comes to writing and he can knock stuff out. I mean, there's actually a um Bill has a new project coming out, just two songs on a lathe cut called uh The Old Fucks. And it's just him. Boy Neil, they stole our band name. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it's so it's there's two songs that are coming out on a lathe cut uh, on last exit music out of Germany and it will be digital and it's Bill and Bill's neighbors, and they just got drunk one night, and Todd was there, and they recorded two tracks, and they're really good tracks, and it's mastered by Justin Perkins, and um, different than the McCrackens, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great release. <laughs> wow! I'll tell you what. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Spot. I think oh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm good. I think that was let's, me, and I was gonna oh, say, yeah, we should sorry. probably listen to the the last track, right? Let's listen yeah. to the track. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a pretty good place to leave it. We'll we'll play this track and we'll come back and say goodbye, say our goodbyes. Yeah. So um, right. this one is uh, "Life." Hey, Mikey. I assume this one's about life cereal or something. That's correct. Absolutely. Wait, there's a reference that anyone 45 or older will get right now. <laughs> and yeah. In later years, uh, it, we uh, always do a shout out to uh, Mikey Romer, who is a uh, a big fan of ours from New Jersey, who flew to Italy to see us and he flew nice. to Vancouver one time to see us and whatnot. So we always, uh, sort of like uh, quasi reference out to Mikey Romer. Nice. Excellent. All right. Well, let's give this last one from the McCrackens a listen. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's hear it. Yeah. 
one from the McCrackens tonight that was life hey mikey so the new album comes out in we should look for it in may what's it what's it called again ac uh it's called uh wake the fun up wake wake, wake the, the fun, fun up. up wake the fun, the fun up. up yes ac yeah. just actually got <laughs> it, it, it's the first non-egg pun title yeah i was gonna Is say it really yeah there you go i think you're oh. right actually yeah Huh. Well, actually, no, that's not true. That's not true. Comics and comic books and bubblegum. Okay, yeah. Didn't have an egg title. And by the way, Tom, did you notice that uh, instead of saying "mom's basement," he said "mum's basement"? That was that was charming. Canadians, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's in proper English. There you go. They yeah, it is. Funny. Yeah, it it's is. All right. um, the suburbs, um, mom. Uh, mom. In the suburbs, you call it "mam's basement." Mom's. <laughs> eh, there you go. So if people want to find the McCrackens yeah, online, you promote. So t-shirts and stuff, friends. t-shirts, etc. All these, all these cool t-shirt designs you have. Where can they find that stuff? So um, you can go to McCrackens.com, themcrackens.com. Might want to spell on Instagram. You might want to spell it since everybody gets the spelling wrong. Oh One yeah. C. Spot, you take it. It's m c r a c k i n s dot com. And is it is it, Mc- is it is it is it the McCrackens or just McCrackens? Or well, both? we started as the McCrackens, and then we kind of just morphed to McCrackens. Okay. Yeah. So we we have um, both domains because uh, the McCrackens dot com the guys let expire. So I got <laughs> the McCrackens dot com, and then once the spammers were done selling Japanese hair products, McCrackens became available again. So now we have <laughs> McCrackens dot com. There you go. Excellent. So you can and so you can find yeah, you can buy your t shirts and vinyl, etc. Yeah. etc. on there. Okay. You got Bandcamp, you got Facebook, you got all that stuff, I assume. Yeah, it's shebang. all under McCrackens or McCracken's band. Yeah. There you go. And look up uh be sure to look up Spot Solar Record from last year, New Tricks that was Yeah, I've spun very, it a couple times. It's very very good. It I'm, is. I'm sorry. I am actually it's it's a weird thing to discover a band that you probably should have been listening to for the last 25 years and going, oh man, where you guys been all my life? And the funny thing is, I have to say how cool these guys are. You know, we, we, we were joking with Heather and stuff, but you know, we, yeah. we, we weren't that familiar with the band at all. And then all of a sudden, right before Christmas, like two days before Christmas, we get big care packages from them. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to, insult more ba- we need to insult more bands you know, and hope that they send <laughs> yeah. us some stuff. I mean, that was really cool of you guys. We can't thank yeah, we you really enough for that. It, so. Yeah, that, yeah, was, no worries, that was guys. that was that was pretty awesome. And I, I, I like I said, I don't, I don't, I, I can't, 
I don't think punk rock bowling is going to happen this year, but if it does, man, we'll definitely catch up, catch up and have yeah, a brew. Well, next year you can make it happen. I'll be there. So, so a so, so spot you go to, or is it just AC? Uh, I didn't, I didn't sign up this year, but I actually had tickets to go. What was it last year? The year before, uh, well, oh, I was going to got canceled. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I was actually going to go for the first time with AC and then the whole thing got uh, kiboshed. So, uh, yeah, I didn't opt to go this year, but uh, I might go next year, depending on the, who's playing. The year we went was the year they had in the fall because my issue has been – so my kids are uh, – three of my three of my four kids are actually adults and out of school. But it's always like that time of year, that Memorial Day thing when you got kids in school is a real pain in the neck. Yeah, yeah. So as much as everybody else gets a long weekend, it's just – it's timing-wise, it's just not great for people with kids. Yeah. So. Um, so, but we'll see. And a matter of fact, when I talked about this year, my youngest daughter will be 16 that weekend. She's like, you're not going to be gone for my 16th birthday. Are you? So I have a lot of politics at home, you know, <laughs> all good. All good. You guys know how it is. Well, you can take it to punk rock bowling with you. There you go. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that would be the answer. <laughs> you know, Neil, I, I told the story about how I became a verified Taylor Swift fan so that I could try to get Taylor Swift tickets for my daughters, but I think that's as low a de- degradation as I'm willing to go. So, so you're blaming your daughters for your Taylor Swift obsession? Yes, I was not going to go. To it. No, I swear. I swear. I'm sorry I'm, for, I'm sorry for your loss. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah. It, it, anyway, thanks for coming out, guys. It was a lot of fun. It was yeah. nice catching up, and uh, yeah. I'm still Thank digging. You guys. I've listened to the, the full links you sent me. I haven't got through all the seven inches yet, but man, it's been real enjoyable. And I love the t-shirt and I appreciate the, uh, it's like I said, it's, it's, I'm glad you guys are good sports and it was fun. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on and spending your time with us, my guys. It was, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Thank good you job. so much. Yeah. Thanks Cheers. So much. Cheers. Oh, well, so Tom, Cheers. let's, uh, so let's say our goodbyes, I guess. All right. Yeah. We'll so everybody, everybody stay free. Keep a little mark in your heart, everybody. Smell, you, smell you later. Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom.